Hey, this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things for You. Get your Bibles. Turn to Matthew, the 24th chapter, if you will. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verses 3 and 4. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. We're asking today that you speak to every heart. Lord, there are people here today that are unsure of their eternity. Others with sin in their life. Others in backslidden condition. I pray, Lord, that uh, Holy Spirit uh, would make it hot in here for them today. Let conviction come. Lord, that we might uh, receive a a blessing today uh, from heaven. We open our hearts. And Lord, we mix the word with faith, knowing that it is an explosive combination. Lord, if we've ever needed your help, we need it today. Have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Before you're seated, I want you to go ahead and tell two or three people. It's okay, just two or three, not the whole section, all right? But two or three people that uh, I see, uh, uh, well, let's say it like this. You have greatness in you to do great things. Come on, tell somebody you have greatness in you to do great things. Come on. You have greatness in you to do great things. And then you can be seated. How many believe that you have greatness in you to do great things? How many understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? So if you have the greater one in you, he didn't give you the Holy Spirit just for you to do nothing but to do great things. Amen. And you know, some of you told your neighbor like this, I I believe you have greatness in you to do great things. My word. You know how you, you fought... Black Friday, shopping, traffic, you did all these things, people talked ugly to you in line, you might have got pepper sprayed at Walmart. We come to church, we ought to build everybody up, amen? You have greatness in you to do great things, I believe it, praise the Lord. Well, the disciples came unto Jesus and they did it privately and they asked him some questions and one of them was, when shall these things be? Second, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And third, the end of the world. And I believe that people are asking these questions and we're getting some people answering, I believe, these questions that don't have a clue. But I find that Jesus, he came back and he said, there'll be some signs that you'll know that these things are coming to pass. He said, there'll be earthquakes. And I think because of uh, being in the earthquake in Haiti when it happened, uh, I'm a little more in tune with that. We recently had earthquakes in Oklahoma. And one day we had uh, tornadoes, hail and earthquakes in Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma needs to repent. Maybe, I don't know, let's just leave it like that. 
But we know the things that he lists, but one of them I found very interesting. He said, many shall be offended. To answer the question, what shall be the sign of thy coming, the end of the world, and when shall these things be? He said, many shall be offended. Now, I find that very interesting. My dad, who pastored 57 years, he said the last 10 years he pastored was the hardest he ever pastored. He said, because people got offended very easily. He said they would be even ticked off. Can I use the word ticked off here? I've told you probably before, but I was at a church one time and a little old lady came up to me and she said, Brother Eccles, I really liked your preaching except when you cussed. I said, ma'am, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, when you said, you know, somebody was really mad, I said, ticked off. She said, there you go again, son. I said, ma'am, ticked off wasn't one of the words I used to use when I cussed. But he said people would get ticked off and, you know, people would leave church just because nobody said anything nice to them or, or they looked at them funny or, or they were easily offended. That's all we can say. And I believe it's a sign of the coming of the Lord. We have people that used to come here and they've left because they were offended. Others of you were offended and came back. Well, welcome back. Maybe by the time this message is ended, you'll be offended again. I don't know. Some of you are ready to leave off over ticked off. You're from the same family as that old lady. (laughs) But you find that he answered another thing. He said, false prophets will arise and deceive many. Now we know back in the month of May, there was a man, and I'll just name him, but his name was Harold Camping. I don't know how popular it was here, but uh, back in New England, they had billboards everywhere about the coming of the Lord going to happen on May the 21st. And even the news uh, had things about it, uh, uh, that this would be the end of the world. Well, the truth is, the news has no clue. That when Jesus comes back, it will not be the end of the world, but it will be the end of the world as you know it. You need to be ready. You don't want to be here for what the Bible describes as the tribulation or great tribulation. We know that there are world events surrounding Israel today that we see what is going on with Iran and the Middle East has been volatile for years, but it seems to be intensifying. We see uh, even the rise of the spirit of Antichrist. We know that In the world, the United States is hated by most nations, especially the Muslim nations. And I'm going to give you my take on that is simply this. The Muslim world looks at the United States that was founded upon biblical principles. And they look at us and they say that we are a Christian nation. So they have much animosity toward us. And there is a rise in the spirit of Antichrist. They think all of America is Christian. Well, I got news for them. We need a revival if that be the case. But I will tell you that this is happening today. And look to Matthew chapter 24 verse 12. Matthew 24 verse 12. And I'm going to go very quickly today. I've got a lot of scriptures. And so I want to get done on time. I may not give you all the time to look them up, but it's okay. All right. You can look them up later. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, 
the love of many shall wax cold. The English Standard Version reads, because of lawlessness. The Amplified Bible says, because of multiplied lawlessness and iniquity, the love of many shall wax cold. Now what we're seeing in the world today, we're seeing not just a few uh, months ago in England, we saw the rioting take place in the streets and it became looting. We see those people that think they have a, a case for the Wall Street Occupy thing and it's turned out to be something that I don't even, I, I don't even understand all of it. But I will tell you what we're seeing is these things that people say they have their rights, basically it has become lawlessness. Are you understanding me? It's become lawlessness, and even the Antichrist is called the lawless one. So we're going to see that these things are intensifying in this day. And as I watch the news, I realize the coming of the Lord is very near. It is very close, and I find that we live in a messed up world, but the truth is, Jesus is not just coming for the United States, He is coming for the whole world. Somebody say amen. Now, I know that the Jewish world is looking for their Messiah. That There was a lady I sat by on the plane yesterday as I came here, and uh, she began asking me questions about the Jewish people, and yet uh, uh, she was Catholic, and I don't know why her reason, what her uh, reason for asking me these things, but she had questions about the Jewish people, and they've been looking for their Messiah. They missed him the first time. But I will tell you, in the day that Jesus walked this earth, the people that were looking for him were not just religious leaders. And today, sometimes we say, well, the religious leaders, they're looking for the Messiah. But I will tell you, it was common people like the fishermen and the woman at the well that were looking for Jesus. In John 1.45, we find Philip finds Nathanael and says unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Even the woman of Samaria in John 4 and 29 said, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? When I was in Israel, everybody there said, We are preparing for the Messiah. And they were showing us uh, things that they were doing to prepare. Even our bus driver in Israel, a very common man, said, We are looking for the Messiah. But how many know not everybody's looking for Jesus coming? Of course, some are looking, but not everyone is looking for His coming. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now think about this. There are plenty of scoffers that say, well, we, we don't believe. We've heard that story before. And uh, even back when the stir was with the Herald Camping thing that he said Jesus was coming back on May the 21st, what I found interesting is what people put on Facebook. If you're my friend on Facebook here, I read what you put. And I might preach about it somewhere, so be careful. 
You know, I, I, there was a pastor's wife in Virginia. She put on Facebook one day. She said, I'm driving down the road with my windows rolled down, singing a song at the top of my lungs that God is great and beer is good and people are crazy. She said, I believe that song. And I thought to myself, are you a nutcase? You know, this is Facebook. Watch what you put. I'll preach about it. I thought, God is great. People are crazy. Beer's not good. You say, well, I, I, you know, you know, some people have a little problem with that, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, ask the person that their kid was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. Ask those people that are bound up in Teen Challenge today and want to be set free. Ask the lady that sat by me on the plane yesterday that her husband is in rehab since September because he's bound by alcohol. And ask her if she thinks beer is good anymore. Just saying. There are plenty of scoffers. When I was reading Facebook, some people said, well, he can't come back today because he predicted it. I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. One man that was a preacher, he said, well, uh, he said, if Jesus were coming back today, God would have told me. He's as dumb as Harold Camping. The Bible's very clear that no man, even if you're a preacher from Tulsa, and I know the address of your office, I I wanted to argue, but I thought, you know, Facebook isn't the place to argue. Let the ignorant be ignorant still. But people scoffed about that. They made fun of that. And I'm going to tell you something. A few weeks ago when the uh, hurricanes hit the eastern side of our country and uh, the news came on and they were talking and they used this word. They said, you are forewarned. Today, I'm going to use that strong word that you are forewarned. The coming of the Lord is very near. You need to be ready. Somebody say amen today. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 through 12. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I believe the only reason the Lord already hasn't come back, He wants one more person to be saved. Maybe that's you today. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation, or lifestyle, or manner of life, and godliness, looking for, and hastening? Unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat." The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. He said, we're to look for and hasten unto the coming of the day of God. When I read that verse and I realize that Jesus is coming soon, I ask the question, how should this make me live? And how does the nearness of the coming of the Lord affect my life? 
And I want you to ask that question today. How does the nearness of the coming of the Lord affect my life? I believe, number one today, the nearness of the coming Lord. And I'm going to ask you to let me qualify what I say before you judge me. I am a faith preacher from Tulsa, but I want you to hear this. I believe the nearness of the coming of the Lord affects my life. Number one, it makes me live in fear. Now, some people don't like that, but I'll qualify that in a moment. When I was growing up, I heard a lot of preaching about the coming of the Lord, the rapture, if you will. My dad, to this day, if he preaches about family, somewhere along the line, he'll say, in order to have a better family, you need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. If he preaches about tithing, you ought to tithe because of the coming of the Lord. He will preach about love. You ought to love people because of the coming of the Lord. So I've heard a lot of preaching about the coming of the Lord. And I still believe it. But when I was growing up, I grew up in church where we would see a film because we couldn't see a movie. Remember those days? Some of you don't understand, just be glad. But we would see a film, and we I remember seeing one when I was a child called The Thief in the Night. And... uh, I was just in grade school, and I'm going to tell you, you may not believe this, but I had some issues growing up. I got busted with a board all through school, you know, even my senior year, I got busted three times with a board, you know, and people say, oh, that's terrible. No, it kept me in school. Today, they would have kicked me out. Whatever. So I had some issues. And first through fifth grade, I always had to come home with a note pinned to my shirt. And the teacher would write how I behaved that day on that note. So some of you that have kids that are messed up, there is hope. Some of you might not want them to grow up like me, but that's okay. But one particular day, I had an extra thick note. And I knew when I got home that it was not going to be good. My dad was going to have me bend over, you know. I'd bend over so much growing up, I'd have abs of steel. (laughs) So I walked home the long way that day. I mean, the longest way I could go home. I was delaying the punishment. And when I jumped the fence, I played with my dog an extra long time that day before I walked in the back door expecting to see my mother. And when I got through the back door into the kitchen, my mother was not there. And that was unusual because my mother was always there when I got home. And so I called the church where my dad pastored. The secretary did not answer. My dad did not answer. That began to make me a little afraid. And then, as it would be, I began to hear ambulances and sirens in the background. Are you listening to me a little bit? i just seen the movie, The Thief in the Night. I began to think, maybe I missed the coming of the Lord. So I got in the phone book and I called Deacon's Houses. Little did I know, if you want to know who's going to be ready for the coming Lord, don't call the deacons. That was a joke. That was just a pastor's son digging a little bit, all right? But listen, 
I called those people's homes because they lived lives that were examples to me. They lived holy lives. And I thought if anybody was going to go and be with Jesus, they would go. No one answered. All the phone calls I made, no one was answering. And so I began to cry as a, as a young boy and I was very afraid and I, I, I knew what happened during the tribulation and I don't want to be left behind. And I thought it was too late. About half an hour later, my mother pulled up with my two sisters. They'd been at an appointment and they didn't tell me and, and I was never so glad to get a bustin' that day in all my life. But I'm going to tell you something. Some people say, well, I don't like that kind of preaching. I don't like that kind of Bible. I don't want to live that way. Well, today I say, if you're not ready for the coming Lord, I believe that you ought to live still in fear. This is good today. But today I don't live in fear. I didn't wake up this morning in fear of missing the coming of the Lord. Why? Because today I have a Savior. Jesus lives in my heart and He is living in me today. Somebody say amen. But listen, I know some people will say you should not live in fear. But the Bible is very clear. It says we should fear God. In Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word fear here really means respect. And I believe that we ought to respect His judgments. How many understand that God is the judge of the living and the dead? Listen, Acts 10 and 42, it says, He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is He which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. First Peter 4 and 5, Who shall give an account to Him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Be aware, we all face judgment day. First we die, then the judgment. The truth is, we all will stand before a just judge. In America, we've had some things that we question in our judicial system at times. We see what happened with the lady that had the child in Florida, and it floored me. That people can get off in our system by technicalities, and they can get off in our system if they have enough money, and some of you still want to fight over the OJ thing. So we see that we have a different system. But one day we will stand before a just judge, and you will not get off by technicality. You will not give off by the amount of money that you have or you do not have. Somebody say amen. First Peter 4, verse 15 through 17. I want you to look at this verse. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Now look at that right there. When I was in school, we learned something. One, three, five, what came next? Seven. You know, they were all in the set. When I look at this, murder, thief, evildoer, busybody, which one is not in the set? Murder, thief, evildoer, busybody. 
puts murder, thief, evildoer, and busybody all in the same set. Are you understanding me? And we have a tendency to think, well, you know, she's a nice lady. She just gets in some people's business. She's still saved. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching better than your amen in here. Maybe we ought to stay out of other people's business. I was going to say it a different way, but it kind of came out that way. <laughs> Look, it says, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, he's saying if you're a murderer, thief, evildoer, busybody, you're not a Christian. Folks, if you can't say amen today, say ouch. Most of the problems people have in their families, somebody got in your business this weekend. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Go to Hebrews, the second chapter, verses 1 through 3. He said, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression. Everybody say every transgression. And disobedience. Say and disobedience. Received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Now those words, every transgression and disobedience. Let's talk about that for a minute. Every transgression means really stepping across the line. Somehow in the American church, we want to get as close to the world as we can and still be saved. But the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many understand Johnny Cash is the only one that can walk the line? Some of you are just not going to be with me today at all. I'm trying to make it, uh, some of you breathe easy between some of these things. And he says, in every disobedience. You know what that simply means? Every disobedience, every willful act will be judged and be given a just reward. How many understand when he comes back, when Jesus comes back, there will be a judgment. Every man will give an account of himself. For every disobedience and every transgression. And because of this, I want to judge myself, lest I am judged by Him and be found wanting. How does the nearness of the coming of the Lord affect my life? Not only does it make me live in fear, it makes me want to go to church. The Bible says, how many know that Satan knows that he has but a short time? How many know that the devil is doing everything he can to mess families up in this day? And I want you to listen to me. When I was a boy, I played every sport there was available in our school. I went from one to the next. 
And you know what? We never had practice on Wednesday night during church, and we never had it during Sunday services. But how many understand today, there are some sports you cannot play unless you're there on Sunday. Now, I'm not talking about sending people to hell. I'm telling you, the devil wants to mess people's families up. He's increasing his efforts to mess people up. 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, or they'll think they don't even have to go to church, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. How many believe everything on that list is on the increase? Now, listen to the one that I think is interesting. Despisers, despisers of those that are good. Today you can be a politician and sleep with your intern. We'll hear about it for two days on the news. But if you have any godly principles in your life at all, you will be blasted from the morning till night. Why is this happening? We're not talking politics here. I'm talking about those that are good. I didn't say they ought to be the president. I said they're good. But it's a lot better to vote for somebody that's good than somebody that's got issues. I was on the plane going to New York not long ago. There were two men, a couple. All right? You understand that? Do I need to be any more clear? And they had two children with them that I recognized the accent of their children that were with them. They were Haitian. And because of my love for Haiti, I began talking to these a little boy and a little girl. And uh, I began talking to their fathers. Who ever thought we have to talk like this in church? I said, was it hard to, for you to adopt? these children? They said, oh, not at all. It was very easy. They rolled out the red carpet for us. That's the word he used. We have friends of ours in Texas. PJ, you know. Josh knows. John and Jennifer Huffman have a great home, a great job, uh, good money, Go to church every week, live good lives, and they are having a struggle to adopt a child from Haiti. We live in a messed up world. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
Folks, we're having a few nights meeting here. I believe the coming of the Lord ought to make us want to come to church. And today you say, well, you're putting me in guilt. Well, guilt works good for two kinds of people. If you're old-time Pentecostal or you're Catholic, you'll be here this week. The nearness of His coming makes me live in fear or respect and makes me want to go to church. And third, it makes me want to reach the lost. Everybody look to Revelation 20 verse 15. And whosoever, everybody say whosoever, was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The truth today is, do we really believe that scripture? Whosoever not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. Do we believe that anymore? It is important for us today to remember that those that die without Christ, they face a terrible judgment. So we cannot be lackadaisical about winning the loss. We must increase our efforts. Jesus said, look on the fields, they are white unto harvest. God has given us a commission. I want to read out of Ezekiel, the third chapter, verse 17 through 19. And I want everyone to look to the screen. I'm going to read it out of the English Standard Version. And the reason is the King James was a little tongue twister for me. But listen, it says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. And if I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity. But you will have delivered your soul. Again, his command is to reach the lost world. And some of you, when you read this, you say, well, that's Old Testament preacher. Do you realize the only Bible that Jesus and the disciples and the apostles had to preach from was the Old Testament? We cannot discount what it says. And so not only was His command to reach the lost world, but you and I, and I'm putting on you today as well, are watchmen. You are the only light the world will ever see. And unless you turn your switch on, they'll never see the light. He said, their blood will I require at your hand. Man, that's pretty strong, preacher. I didn't come to preach you a Dr. Phil sermon today. You may feel worse before it gets better, but I'm going to tell you, if you're ready for the coming Lord, it'll always be good. So what's my answer to the watchman today? Number one, we should pray for laborers. We should go into all the world and we should reach the lost. See, the nearness of His coming today... Makes me live in fear 
or respect makes me want to go to church and wants, make me want to reach the lost. Are you with me today? I close with this. How does the nearness of the coming of the Lord affect my life? It causes me to listen for sounds. How many understand that one day a shout is going to go up and the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive remain will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The apostle said that we're to comfort one another with the coming of the Lord. It ought to bring comfort in our life. But listen to me today. One day... And I'm going to tell you something. I have my ear tuned. I am listening for the sound of that trumpet. And every day I will tell you, I listen to the sound of the voice of the Word of God. How many know this Bible will speak to you? The Bible's very clear. It tells us to listen to the sound of the Holy Spirit. And you will hear a voice saying that this is the way. And I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking today, and I close with this verse, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. The nearness of the coming Lord makes me live in fear or respect Makes me want to go to church. It makes me want to reach the lost. And it causes me to listen for sounds. I believe His coming is very near. It could be at any moment. And the question today is, are you ready? That's it. Are you ready?